Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on everyone? Strap in, strap your seatbelts in cuz we are in for a good one. It's episode 131 of the podcast. Um, we're starting Epic Storytime Part 1 where I, you know, which leads to my trip to Cambodia which I'll talk about in the next episode but just I as I start getting into the story I realize this is such a fucking long ass epic story that um I only got to the first half Akio goes to China <laughs> okay and um and I tell that story so but before you get we get into that please remember hit the like definitely hit the like button hit the subscribe button leave a comment This is going to be one of those all-time episodes where you're going to definitely really enjoy it. Probably going to laugh at my pain. <laughs> I know, I, it's cool. I, I can laugh at it now and it's definitely, you know, a stepping stone lead me where I want needs to go in life, so it's totally fine, but um it's fucking crazy. <laughs> okay, and you think this is crazy? Mm, part 2 gets even fucking crazier. So Um definitely like, definitely subscribe, definitely comment and definitely enjoy. Yo, yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 131. <laughs> 131. Yeah, we are back in effect. Let me let me pull this a little bit closer to me. Oh, I'm clanging stuff. Hopefully hopefully that's better. Let me double check. Yeah, I think that might be better for you guys watching on YouTube. Um we are here for another episode and I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, kind of. Let me explain why <laughs> for a couple of reasons. First off, um my apologies. I kind of got off schedule if you if you will. Well, you know, the last episode was kind of like a two-part dealio. Uh if you only listen on If you only listen on via the podcast, then you know the podcast is kind of late. If you watch on YouTube, there has been, you know, some content coming out staggered if you will, but uh just generally I've just been fucking busy. I'm busy and not like super busy, but busy and not trying to drive myself crazy. I think I've told you all before like I'm I'm really trying to um find my pace and I was actually watching um this really really good documentary uh online hopefully this camera is not crooked if this camera's crooked it looks looks kind of crooked to me but if it's crooked my bad but yeah I'm watching um the No Limit Chronicles uh BET series you can find part 1 on YouTube right now by the way uh it it documents Master P's story if you don't know who Master P is uh he's not the best rapper in the world but he's a great businessman and um I was just you know his story I'm familiar with but details about it was really 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 interesting to watch and I was watching the second part of it and um I forgot what I was talking about that <laughs> Oh yeah yeah I remember um Master P yeah picking up some some tips from 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 listening to his story and applying it to myself and yeah just you know uh, one thing I'm trying to 
find the formula, find my secret sauce, if you will, to, to get where I want to go. And I think, you, you know, if you've been around uh, the podcast and me for a while, you know, about a year ago, I was kind of killing myself. Was it about a year ago? A year and a half ago now. I was like, geez, like time flies. But about a, over a year and a half ago, you know, I was really killing myself. And, you know, that's not going to be the path to get where I want to go. So I'm trying to like figure out my groove, figuring out my creative process, refining that process, if you will, taking my time with stuff um, and, you know, also doing some other things, making sure my family's my priority and things like that, too. So um, things are progressing, but progressing, you know, a bit slower. And but I'm I'm trying to be OK with that, you know, so um, and just soaking up things and, and things like that. So um so, yeah, yeah, this summer, you know, this month especially is my, my busy month. So uh, I got several things. I'm just kind of ch- checking off the boxes of things, making those my priority. Then I got to get back to some other shit. And it's just a bunch of, a bunch of stuff I got to do. But I'm just kind of marathon, kind of pacing myself one by one, knocking them out of the park. So, so yeah, um, especially this month and maybe September, it might be a little bit shaky on content, you know, once a week, one, maybe once every week and a half, something something like that, you know. Uh, so my apologies for that. But um, I do, I'm not apologizing for this. Boom! <laughs> I got tonight's episode is sponsored by Japanist Zaki. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's some shochu, though. Um, I got some shochu from one of my in-laws or you know which which is nice i don't i'm not normally a shochu drinker uh so you know but i got this fucking big i'm the only one who drinks in the house so like you know <laughs> gotta do something with it <laughs> and you know here it is so mm. got it on ice um pretty good pretty smooth Again, you know, I'm not like a huge shochu guy, but hey, if it's running me, I'm gonna drink it. I, I'm I, I'm getting started quite late tonight because I, I was kind of got a hangover. I was drinking some of this shit last night, just trying to get a feel for it. I haven't been drinking show. I haven't drunk shochu in such a long time, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, let me drink it on the podcast. Especially because I don't have anything planned for tonight. Um, well, I do have something planned. Well, I haven't prepared any you know, videos or articles or, I mean, there's not like a lot really going on in Japan or not a lot of things that I want to talk, talk about, I'd say. So, um, I'm gonna just get into it. It's story time. <laughs> We're going to have another epic story episode for you guys. One, I don't know how, you know, I, I got tomorrow, technically I'm off, I got to just do some work, a little bit of work for my smartphone, pretty much, but, um, um, and, but, but, but let's see, I'm getting all fucked up, <laughs> I took one sip of shochu and I'm all, like, fucking drunk off my ass already, but no, um, so yeah, I, I just got to do a little bit of work from my, from my phone, um, but I'm pretty much off tomorrow, so, uh, I have, even though it's like midnight when I'm getting started, I, I like to get started by like 11, 1130 at the latest, but, um, but you know, I can kind of sleep in and, uh, tell my wife I'm hungover if, if I drink that much and, um, she'll probably let me sleep before a little bit, sleep in a little bit later. So, all right. So tonight we're, we're going to do another epic story time episode a story that I have not told on here 
at all. Um, I might have dropped some hints about it. I can't remember, but I'm going to go through the full story. I told my wife, like, I'm going to tell the story. She was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you guys know the deal, what happened. Um, and this story takes place. Ah, when was this? 2011, 2012, maybe 2011, 2012. And this is the story of how I ended up in Cambodia. <laughs> Hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't end up in I'm not I'm not gonna say I didn't end up Cambodia living, but I ended up going to Cambodia twice on two crazy ass trips. Um that turned you know, I was talking to my wife about, you know, that story beforehand. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna tell the story, you know, and some of the mistakes I made. She was like, It's not a mistake. I'm like, I know it's not a mistake. It was, it was growing you know, growing pains and stepping stones that I needed to get to to kind of get where I'm at right now. So I'm I'm very much appreciative for those experiences. Um, but it was a fucking crazy ass time <laughs> in my life, and uh, we're gonna get into it. So to get it, let me, let me fucking start. You you know how it is. Just don't don't complain. I know I'm jumping all jumping all over the place. Let me get a couple of drinks in me, uh, get me all sauced up, and then I'll tell you like the real fucking deal. All right. Oh yeah, we're speaking of Rod. Uh, Rod, um, I, I saw your email. I'm going to respond. I like to res reply to Rod's emails. Um, and not only Rod, anyone who oh, wait time up before I do any of this shit. Ha -ha. Please remember like, please remember subscribe, uh, wherever you're at, you know, um, comment all this shit again. I, I see the comments. I see everything. Thank you guys. Um, someone, I don't know who it is. You know, I'm looking at my analytics. Someone, I believe on YouTube, just recently discovered the podcast, maybe binge watched, um, you know, all of the available. It's not like a lot on online, but all the available episodes on there. So thank you. If you're watching this now, thank you. New um, subscriber, new watcher, hopefully new listener. I appreciate you. I watch the numbers. You know, we only have like a small audience, but it's good to see, you know, those numbers tick up and, and know that, um, you know, watching those numbers increase means that uh, someone's enjoying and getting something from the content that I'm putting out. And that makes me happy. So celebration. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. Let me slow down with this shit before I'm, I'm like all over the fucking place. Okay. <laughs> you know, last night I had like a, a beer and one in like a, a cup of these. And I was just like, and I was like mildly hung over most of the day. So I, mean, I don't know what the fuck is in this shit. Like, I mean, it just looks, where is it from? Somewhere I can't even read this fucking kanji. Something Shima can. I don't know. I I, I can't read what um what prefecture this shit's from. So it's yeah, yeah I don't know whatever. Uh, it's called Kanoko. Kanoko is the name of it. So I don't know. You know we'll we'll see. We'll just drink it and see what happens. But all right, let me stop. Let, let me just fucking get to the fucking story okay because you know i know you're like akio just fucking tell the story stop fucking bullshitting around <laughs> it's been 10 minutes already <laughs> my bad my bad i'm, I'm getting warm I'm getting warmed up let me, let me let me do it let me do it this is a fucking story that that actually spans fuck like two countries three trips 
almost a year of my life. Um, a bunch of bullshit. Um, you know, and, and, and again, like it, it did end up me inching closer to discovering kind of what I want to do with my life. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for, um, and, and for this, this story, this experience and the people, all of the people involved, one of the people who, which, um, I'm still very close with to, to this day. The other one, <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I can say that. Fuck you. <laughs> but um, you know, whatever. It is what it is. All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Let me let me pour myself another. See, I'm, I'm the only thing I'm kind of nervous about doing is pouring this because I'm actually kinda, I don't have any tissues around me. If I spill this, shit. I'm gonna put the mic down for one second and actually try and pour this shit. So only YouTube exclusive can watch me probably. No, not gonna. I'm going to pour all of it into the glass. Hold on, one se- or a cup. One second. Let me put down the mic and, and pour myself another. Pour me a drink. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Mission accomplished. We did it. All right. Okay. All right. So here we go. So I think it's around 2011 ish. 2000 2011 ish. But basically, you know, around this time, I was full into into the swing of uh, my freelance English teaching career. And I was kind of on the tail end of it, starting to burn out. If it was 2011, yeah, I was about 29 years old. So um, I'd been freelancing for several years. You know, I was thin. Um, I was riding on my bike all over Tokyo. I'd been doing it for years, um, you know, uh, and I, I believe I invested. I invested some money. I lost some money. Um, you know, I saved a bunch of money. It didn't really work out the the way I planned it. And, 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 you know, um, after some fleeting glory, I was like, yes, I did it. I proved everyone wrong. And then, you know, it didn't really work out the way I planned. So I was kind of like bummed out and, and, and starting to stare down the future possibility of me, uh, riding my bike around Tokyo forever, you know, as an English teacher wandering the earth. And that fucking depressed the fuck out of me. And I was feeling sad for myself and, you know, whining, complaining to anyone who listened to me and, and begging people for a job. And no one, you know, it, it was just it was not pretty. Right. It was it was really a, a, one of the probably lowest points of my adult life. I can definitely say. Um, now, during this time, I I had you heard me talk about like how to gain trust from Japanese people and things like that. And several of my students had gotten very close to me and like, Akil, you're so great and things like that. And, you know, my bruised and damaged ego was just looking for anyone to save me from my position. Now, I'll call this person Kawasaki-san, okay? I'll call him Mr. Kawasaki. So, um, Mr. Kawasaki was one of my students and uh he you know had his own business i won't give too too much details about this guy just you never know what will happen to this footage in the future but um yeah he had his own business and he was not 
smart. Okay, <laughs> he was not like a smart guy. I, I met him like like I said, like person I knew who had a long relationship with connected me with a new circle of people that he was friends with. I became cool with those people, started teaching those people, and then Mr. Kawasaki was one of the people from that new circle. And you know, the original person I knew said he didn't really know him that well. You know, he was just kind of like, you know person a who introduced me knew group b and then mr kawasaki was kind of person c and he was attached to group b but not directly attached to person a you know so indirectly by association i kind of over time you know started teaching mr kawasaki um and started to you know become closer with him and, and help him out with stuff like that and you know in my mind again he you know he lived in in like a a uh, a high-rise uh, apartment, you know, in a nice area of Tokyo. Of course, in hindsight, he lived on the bottom floor of that, which is nothing wrong with that. But you know, it should have told me something. Like you know, I was just, I was just like, I just want to get in the building, you know. And at the time, I didn't have enough confidence in myself to really go after my dreams by myself. You know, I was kind of looking to be somebody's right-hand man all the fucking time, right? Mm. So. <clears throat> So, um, after me teaching this guy, I don't know, maybe a year or less or something like that, uh, one day I think all of my, somehow, I don't know what the fuck I was on, you know, pleas for help or whatever, I basically had a, con I, I was just asking people like, hey, do you know anyone who can give me a job? Basically, I was just like, can you help me out? You know, in America, like, that type of thing is not, I would say, not like, as big of a deal as here in Japan it is, especially when you're dealing with Japanese people. You know, again, and you've heard me talk about this. I think I talked about this in the first episode of this fucking show. Like, you know, Japanese people will give you a chair, but they won't give you a pillow, you know. And, and I don't mean this negative to bash Japanese people, but it's just something you need to understand about Japan. And this is how I kind of learned this type of lesson. That, you know, um, a lot of the people who... I felt I had a rapport with, who were like, you're so fucking great, da 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 you know, when I was like, hey, can you help me with a job? I kind of want to do something else. They're like, what? No, you're, you're a teacher. You're doing fine. Just stay exactly where you are. Don't do anything different. Like, you know, because now that in hindsight, it's like, yeah, well, you're getting, you know, you're giving me this kind of service, this piece that I like. So why would I help you, you know, throw this piece away and then go on to something else? But of course, in the state, in the Western culture, if you really like someone, you do kind of, and you're a good person and you have some kind of pull, you do whatever you can, even make a make a call, ask someone or something. But in Japan, that's a really, really big risk to try and like, you know, because again, like I said, like if, if that doesn't work out or that person flakes out, it looks really negatively on you. And it can really actually damage your career because you'll always be the person who's known as introducing that, you know, weird ass foreign guy to the company and fucked up and fucked up the project whatever the fuck happened you know it's, it's a real thing so so like people really hesitate to do that um ironically um just fast forward by the time when let's call it group b remember in person a group b and person c which is mr kawasaki ironically at the end when i kind of left group b and all of the associated people from that group one of the person, you know, I just kind of like, yeah, I just want to, I'm changing jobs. I'm working for this company. 
getting a full-time job and I'm going to just start my own business. And they were kind of upset, you know, they're like, Whoa, you're leaving. You know, it's like, what, you're leaving. What are you doing? And, and one of the people was like, well, I was going to try to consider getting you a job with my company. Cause I'd worked with one of the members I've done, I'd done a little bit of like communication assistance kind of work, like with contracts and teleconferences and stuff like them. And I kind of had my toe in the door, you know, if you will. Um, and I guess behind the scenes, she was kind of trying to grease the wheels to try and get me in as a teaching position, um, but uh, doing something tech related teaching or training. But, you know, realistically, that wasn't something I would have enjoyed doing. You know, it would have been something it was it sort of sounds like it was kind of part time. I mean, it could have led to something full time down the road. I probably would have been a part time teacher for a long time and then eventually after maybe studying Japanese and working real hard I probably would have got like a full-time job but it wouldn't have been something I would have been passionate about it wouldn't have been something I would have enjoyed you know I would have had like a stable income and maybe some type of income security eventually after several years but you know I would not have been definitely been happy and um definitely you know I'm still again you've heard me talk about, I'm still in the struggle I'm still going for it but um, I'm definitely like not out the fucking woods yet, y'all. But knowing that I'm going for what I want, you know, and, and I have um, and my destiny is in my hands, gives me so much more comfort than being in that other position. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm, you know, every person is different, but I, it, I think this type of this situation that happened, and then the subsequent, I had one more time, one, one, some more shit I had to deal with after this situation it led me to realize that I'm the type of person I'm at heart, you know, I, I gotta be an entrepreneur and I have to work independent, not even entrepreneurs. I have to work independently is what I would say. Um, cause you know, I wouldn't even call myself an entrepreneur at this point, um, officially because you know, I, my business hasn't picked up momentum. Um, you know, I'm still in the ground stage and that's why that master P documentary was so, so important for me. It inspired me too, just looking at how he struggled, you know, and how he, you know, he, I've heard him say, you know, he lost thousands to make millions. Uh, and that's something that kind of stuck with me because, you know, I'm definitely putting in thousands of dollars into my business, into my company, you know, um, over the, you know, annually and, and, um, you know, it's not picking up traction, but I can feel the gears slowly starting to turn. And so now I'm trying to take my time to really figure out, okay, look under the hood and what's actually working this thing and how is it actually going to move and how, where do I want it to go and stuff like that. Sorry, I'm getting all sidetracked. But anyway, mm. so yeah, so, so, so back to the story. So anyway, I get, I get introduced to Mr. Kawasaki. And, um, by the way, about this guy, so he's like, a um, I don't know, I think he was in at this time, you know, I was in my late twenties. He was in his late forties, maybe, uh, married guy, no kids. Um, his wife, I'm not going to get, all, I'm not going to get details into that. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get all his, his personal business out there, but he, he's just an interesting person. Right. Okay. So so yeah i'm teaching this guy in the lobby of his uh high-rise apartment building which ironically person a also lived in too so person a and, per and, and mr kawasaki lived together kind of in the same building but um person a who i'd known for a long time he actually was 
maybe more successful than Mr. Kawasaki. And so he lived on like a high floor of this, you know, place. And Mr. Kawasaki lived on the second floor. And, you know, again, nothing wrong with this, but I'm just, it, one thing about Japan, people who live in high rise uh, condominiums, they judge people I've heard and I've kind of seen anecdotally and um, I've heard anecdotally and seen it's been a thing on Japanese TV shows as well. Judge people based on what floor they live on. So, you know, people from a high floor don't really associate people on the low floor and things like that. So if you think about Mr. Kawasaki lived on the lowest floor of this condo and Mr. A lived on like, I think like the 22nd or 25th or some, some 20 something. He was pretty high, right? Up there, right? So of course I'd never been in Mr. A's condo before, never been there. Um, Mr. Kawasaki, I'd been to his place, you know, and, but in my mind, I'm like, wow, you're in this building. Um, but you know, Mr. A's taking the elevator, Mr. Kawasaki's taking the stairs, you know what I'm saying? Like to get, like, it's kind of like that dynamic to it um so hmm. so one day um i'm i'm um <laughs> i'm teaching them and i'm just kind of like heavy i'm just like fuck and i forgot mr kawasaki said what's wrong or something you know because he could tell you know i was just like fuck my life you know really um for like a while and then we started talking i was just like you know i just i don't think i broke down but i was just like you know i don't know what i'm gonna do like i need you know i need to get out of this thing i'm trapped fuck i need to find something fuck you know i was like do you have anything can you help me and mr kawasaki was like okay i'll hire you you know i was like really you'll give me a job. he's like yeah i have a job i'll give you a job and i was like yeah and you know my whole life was like yay the door is opened you know and, and um yeah and so basically um over the next few weeks what i found out was he had a plan to export an oil additive a japanese oil additive a miracle oil i won't even say the name of the oil additive because i just don't want you guys googling this shit like you know <laughs> but it was a miracle japanese oil additive that i don't know it probably fucking works really well like i had to learn all about this fucking oil additive over the months and basically like one thing about japanese products if you heard me say before in the past like you know some Japanese people, you heard me, if you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about like the bullet train that was, you know, innovated and innovated. It was like a perfect fucking bullet train, but it was just like marginally better than like the really dope ass bullet train. And for me, like in hindsight, this oil additive was kind of like that. It worked great. It was amazing, you know, um, apparently. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> I mean, just from the data and from like, you know, the, the anecdotes and there was an infomercial and all this shit. And it really, really worked. And it was like a little test kit you could do and show the benefits of it. But the conditions to using this thing were so fucking detailed and so fucking precise. Like, you know, you had to put it in only to a new car. It couldn't be for an old car. You had to put it in after you take it. Oh, you have to do this, do this. You know, all this shit. You can't just like pour it in, put it in your engine and make it work. Like, you know, like and, and keep your shit clean. Like, no, it it was just like a whole process to it. And the average consumer is not going to fucking deal, deal, do it, deal with that. Me at 29, fucking desperate. I had no idea. I was like, cool. So here's what Mr. Kawasaki was like. He was like, look, I have this business. I want to grow. 
Uh, I'm going to need an international salesperson, but it's a new business, so I'm not going to be able to pay you. So I can't hire you on full time. So I need you to keep working at your full time job, you know, and work with me uh, in your free time. And then as we build the business, I'll be able to bring you on full time. Then we'll be successful and rich and then everyone will be happy. The end. That was, and I was, of course, I was like, you know, it is a lifeline, like out of my fucking, you know, um, silence of the lambs, pit, Buffalo Bill, pit of death. So I was like, please, yes, you know. Um, so, so, you know, um, so time passes and I'm helping him do all this crazy shit that, and again, keep uh, like like this guy's a fucking idiot okay <laughs> like i i can't i can't express how stupid this guy was right how senseless this guy is i mean like i mean if you're listening to this mr kawasaki you i'm sorry you're a fucking idiot, okay? Um, I didn't read in, in the moment. I, I thought in the mo- like, you know, the whole time I was just like, I was with everyone was like, this case, this guy's a fucking idiot. I mean, literally, I, I don't use the word. Idiot. I don't throw that word around. Like, I really don't throw that word around. But like, yeah, like, I can't express the lack of common sense this dude has, right? Like, and. In my mind, I was thinking like, okay, he's got to be stupid like a fox. You know, is what I was thinking. I was like, he's got to be stupid like a fox. Like, he's got to be that type of like, you know, I hate you, idiot savant who's like 99% of life. He's a fucking useless. But in this one area, he just knows what the fuck he's doing. And so if I can help him manage the 99% and free him up to focus on that 1% and, you know, then I'll be right beside him and everything will be okay. Like that was kind of my twisted fucking logic. Yeah, you see how that, you can tell how this story is going to end. <laughs> mm. So, so, um, so we, you know, we go to work and, and, you know, a couple of times a week I meet with him in the evening, riding my bike, you know, across fucking Tokyo to like the, the, the around Tokyo Bay area and, um, meeting with him, translating documents. You know, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. I, you know, like he's like, Hey, we just need this. They got this, this instructional video. We're going to need it in English. And I need you to translate all this and then do the voiceover for it. And this is actually one of the first times I started doing voiceover and I started doing editing, you know, which actually, you know, I, some skills that I didn't know I fucking had, you know, I just, but I just had to do it. Like I had to get my announcer voice, you know, um, this miracle goal, this miracle oil additive, I don't even know what the fuck I was saying. Like, you know, like, um, just one application of this oil additive will add 
three to five thousand kilometers to your engine life and shit like shit like that like you know and <laughs> but but actually like you know my fucking cheesy announcer voice was actually pretty damn good and and if you think about it kind of in the editing some of the editing audio editing skills like i had to pick up on the fly actually are, are kind of the shit that i'm using right now so it's funny how you know things kind of lead you in a direction so um so yeah, he was like, I need you to edit this and translate this because I think he was like, I'm going to like Cebu Island or something and I need this shit before. I'm like, all right, right away, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do it. And okay, I need you to translate this shit. And it's like, okay, I'm like translating Japanese oil additive fucking instructions and shit like that. And he disappears and goes off for a while and then comes back. He's like, yeah. and everything's great. He's like, everything went great. Everything went great. I'm like, I'm like okay, great. And so, so fast forward. And then um, this dude's like, yo, okay, here's what's going to and And by the way, you've heard me probably talk about an IT company, uh, owner of an IT company that, you know, I'm cool with who give, gave me feedback and you know, things like that. This is how I met this guy, actually. Because remember, th through Mr. Kawasaki, I also met the IT guy, the IT company owner. Um, and this is, again, Japan's really small like that. So if you think about it, I went from person A right who i who i had had a long established relationship with like i met him he was my student when i first came to japan and then after um nova's bankruptcy and everything we became friends i was a private teacher you know um we went out drinking lots of times he took me to fucking hostess bars you know and shit like that um introduced to group b right and he's person a we got introduced to group b um through that i met mr kawasaki which is kind of person c and then um through miss dealing with mr kawasaki's business got introduced to person d which is the it company guy who i still have a great relationship with now and out of all those people like uh the it company owner is the only person i'm, I'm still in contact with now but it just goes to show you like how, you know, small Japan is. So it all is based on that first initial person vouching for me, you know, and me building that reputation that I built with that person over like maybe like five, six years introduced in that kind of created a domino effect of good relationships that, you know, has led to like an invaluable friendship that I hold so dearly to this day. Uh, and, and I'm sure down the road in business, even now in business, like I can call on him and he'll help me out with, you know, um, some shit and give me feedback, give me advice, help me out with a project, even though it meant nothing to him, you know, took the time out of his, 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 his business and his staff and stuff like that to help me out. And he even told me and another person like, yeah, if it was any other person besides Akil, I would not be helping him out like this, you know, so. It just goes to show you, like, putting in the, you know, the karma and the seeds, you know, planting the seeds, it kind of pays off somehow. It's fucking paying off somehow. I don't know. It's not paying off in cash yet, but it's paying, it's going to pay off somehow. <laughs> hmm. All right. So, so anyway. So he introduces me to the IT guy and he's like, okay, here's, here's the deal. You know, we got the, the oil additive and we're going to go to China. You know, and I'm like. What? He's like, yeah, we're going to go to China and we're going to do this trade show and we're going to sell it and we're going to sell a bunch of shit and we're going to be rich. You know, he didn't say it like so again. He's kind of like it sounds kind of crazy when I say it, but this guy's a fucking idiot. 
Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Kind of imagine a Japanese Homer Simpson. <laughs> like an early Simpsons, Japanese Homer Simpson. That's kind of what, like, he's like, not like, you know, not one of the characters, but just as far as like his thought process, you know, the, the, the precautions he, he had, does and considers and shit like that. Like it, it, you know, it's like, Hey, we're just doing it. And I don't know how we're just going to do it. Like, let's go woohoo, kind of thing, you know? So, um, you know, really excited, really, you know, kind of a man child, if you will. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Kind of Homer Simpson, Japanese Homer Simpson mixed with, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, not is it Colin Farrell? Not Colin Farrell. It's not Colin. What's what's his, what's uh Anchorman Ron Burgundy? Goddamn name! I forgot his name. Uh, what's his name? Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I'm sure you're you're probably screaming it to me. Uh, yeah, Will Farrell. Not Colin Farrell. Will Farrell. Okay, like so. Imagine a Japanese Homer Simpson mixed with Will Farrell. It's kind of like what i was dealing with so he was kind of half driving me crazy with like stupid <laughs> you know stupid requests crazy shit he wanted me to do and half like you know i'm like moving me forward with this possibility of like a brighter future so fast forward um the trip to china hoo hoo Okay, hold on. Let me let me get some more ice for this, and because I turned the air conditioner off, so it's kind of getting warm in here. Let me get some more ice. I'll be right back. Uh, load up another drink, and then we'll talk about the trip to China. Whew. Okay, okay, we are back. We are back. So now we're getting ready for the trip to China. I spilled a little bit of alcohol. Shit. All right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I should I should went and got fucking tissue when I was up. Okay, so anyway, um, so yeah, we then it's like okay, we're going to China. So apparently, what was happening? There was like some trade show in a Chinese city. It wasn't Beijing. It wasn't Shanghai. Um, it was near Shanghai. Right? I'll get to, I got to Shanghai eventually. I'll get there. Don't worry. So um, now we have a cast of people, right? So. Uh, there was um, actually a Chinese guy who lived in Japan um, and Mr. Kawasaki picked this guy up from working in like a department store or he, he was a cashier, I think. And, you know, he Mr. Kawasaki liked the way he bagged groceries, you know, really efficiently. And he knew he was a good worker. So he was like, I'm hiring you. You should quit. your. He has, I think he has, he has a wife, maybe a kid at the time. I, that guy I feel sorry for. And I'll tell you why later. Um, so he was like, I'll give you a job. Quit your job. You know, um, your Seishayan job probably. Or, you know, kind of a stable job. And come work for me. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to sell this, you know, oil additive. And we're going to be fucking rich. And, you know. And so this guy was like, okay. So... Um, that's where I, that's where I gave it to him. That's why I thought he was like crazy like a fox because he had a way of, you know, he was bringing together some people, you know, even though he looked like he had no fucking sense. So I was looking around like, okay, this kind of a ragtag group of like a squad, like kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of forming around here. Like 
maybe there's something to this. Hey, let me run with it, you know. I start believing, you know, in the dream. So so step one of this was and he also um so step one of this was to go to China and do a trade show, a new trade show or something like that. And, you know, I was going to be the English salesperson. IT guy was coming. He helped get everything ready, all the materials together through his company. Um, you know, the printed materials and the website and stuff like that. And, you know, Mr. Kawasaki, me, and then he, he of course, Mr. Kawasaki, he had, like, some lime green fucking windbreaker jackets made with the product name all over the fucking place it looked so crazy um <laughs> but you know he was like yeah it'll be awesome and i was like okay you know and, and all this crazy shit like you know an it guy he, he 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 his company um you know prepared all of it so you know he's like we're going so i you know i'm like yay everybody i tell my students i'm gone to fucking china i forgot i forgot the name of the city my bad for a few days, I'll be going to wish me luck. Yay. So here's the thing. One of the most embarrassing and uh, gut-wrenching experiences of my adult life so far, we go to the airport. Now, he buys my ticket. But what I didn't realize and I didn't check was that um, Japanese people don't need a visa to go to China. Americans do. And I didn't know that, right? And nobody told me, which is, of course, is at the end of the day, my responsibility. Um, so we get to the gate and the staff is like, okay, you guys, you guys are ready. So Akio, where's your visa? And I was like, in my heart, I almost shit a brick right there at the gate. And I was just like, what and they're like yeah you're american you need a visa to go to china and i was like oh shit <laughs> and like they're both like look at me like oh shit so i didn't fucking go to china um they got on the plane you know and, and of course mr kawasaki's like don't worry keel it's gonna be okay just relax it's cool you know, and so they hop on the plane. They fucking go to China. I hop on the fucking train and take my bad ass right back to fucking, but right back home with my big ass suitcase. I get back in the house. I wanted, I wanted to cry like a fucking bitch. Like you know, um, like it was. I just felt like a fucking idiot. You know, just something that simple. And I, I didn't check. And you know, of course, I didn't blame myself. But you know, I didn't check. No one told me. I was just like, fuck. Um, so always check if you need it. That's one thing. Always check if you need a visa, wherever you're going to go, like do that. Trust me. So, so, um, I'm in the house, you know, I, I'm not working cause I told my students like I'm going to fucking China. So all of my private lessons and stuff like that, I spent like a month getting it all organized. So I had like a few days off. So I'm just in the house for a day. Just like, I'm a fucking loser, you know, and then Mr. Kawasaki calls me and is like, okay, we arrived, everything's awesome, don't worry, we're talking to the, to the government people to hire and get you an expedited visa, uh, maybe we can get you another flight and get you out of, out of here tomorrow, so we need you to, like, run to the embassy right now, and we're gonna fax you some shit, like, you know, uh, and, 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 all the, and so they're just, like, scrambling, 
um, to, to get some proof that, you know, I'm, I'm going trying to go for business, get me like a expedited visa application, then get me on the plane and get there. It's like, I think a three day, two, I forgot two or three day, um, uh, trade show. Um, so anyway, so I run the next day, my, you know, I get the documents, I run to the Chinese embassy. I'm like, please give me this. It was like Friday too. So it was like, please give me this fucking visa, please. You know? So, um, whoop de whoop de whoop I think like Friday 4, 4.30, I get my visa. I'm like, I got the fucking visa. I can go. And they're like, okay, we're going to, um, book your flight. You fly out maybe that night or some shit like that like i can't remember this was a while ago so i was like all right cool my wife i go back home i'm going to fucking china Ooh, you know i'm back baby <laughs> so um yeah i fly into shanghai i believe i fly into shanghai and i don't know what the fuck is happening right <laughs> I remember the feeling like I just hopped on a plane, you know, I'm just excited to be going somewhere. But then when I landed at the airport, it's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. Like, you know, and so, um, <laughs> so like I get out of the gate and I'm just like in China and like, I don't have any reception in my phone. I don't have their number. Like, I don't know what the fuck. And I'm just like, it's just crowded in there. And I'm just like, uh, it's very different from Japan. Very different. And so this dude just, you know, I guess cause I'm the only black guy there. He just, he just walks up to me and he's just like, Hey, come with me, come with me. And I'm like, nah, dude, nah, dude. Like, you know, he's like, no, 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 no. Come on. Come on. And I'm like, what? And then he just grabs his phone. He's like, here, here. And he like, cause he doesn't speak English. So he like gives me the phone and then like, I'm like, hello. And it's like, Mr. Kawasaki, he's like, Hey, Akil, we're here. Don't worry. It's cool. It's cool. Just go with this guy. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> okay. And so I guess he was my, he was my driver. So what happened was, um, Mr. Kawasaki recruited two Chinese exchange students who could speak Japanese and English and sorry, Japanese. And of course, Chinese and or Mandarin. I, I, I don't know in detail, you know, what dialect they, um, but, uh, so somehow the guy who knew them just, they hired him for the day to just drive, drive me to this fucking city. Um, it's an industrial town. Maybe, you know, I'm maybe an hour. I can't, again, I, I can't remember maybe an hour out of uh, Shanghai. So, so I, you know, I'm just like, you know, days is nighttime. It's my first time. I, I'd been through China one time before on a trip to India. Long story. When I went, Nova went bankrupt, but I didn't go out of the airport or the hotels. And, you know, I was just kind of there for a night by happenstance. It was kind of a crazy, another crazy story. So this is my first time actually going into China and like seeing shit and just like, you know, the scale of, of, of the highways and the scale of the billboards and scale of everything. And, and, you know, the condos and just like, what the fuck It's very different from, from Japan. So it's just like, shit man like you know damn that's like god damn look at those condos god damn how many lanes is this fucking highway and shit look at the size of that billboard like that's all i was doing and just like what the fuck you know in my half half of my mind i'm like i'm um I'm, 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 I'm on my way you know 
Um, what? Ah, oh, yeah, okay. I remember how this other shit. This is a long story. Fuck, man. <laughs> I haven't even. I haven't even got ha- I haven't even got to Cambodia yet. I'm gonna have to make this. This is gonna have to be another two part story. Okay. Part one of this epic story is gonna be China. Part two is gonna be Cambodia. Fuck, cause, cause, yeah, this is this is too much. <laughs> My life is too real. The drama's too much. <laughs> hmm. All right. So, so anyway, yeah, you know, after some time on the the highway in China and just looking around at this all this shit, you know, um, I arrived. This guy he just drives me to some random ass restaurant. And like everyone's there and everyone's just like celebrating because, you know, they had just had, I think either the, maybe the first or the second, I think the, I think it was a three day thing, you know, like uh, the Chinese guys there, Mr. Kawasaki's there, the IT company guys there, um, two Chinese girls are there and everyone's just happy and celebrating. They're eating. Everything's great. It's great to kill you here, yo. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? what the fuck is going on this has been like the craziest fucking three days of my life you know my life has been ruined my life has been you know saved i got on the plane and now y'all are telling me everything's great what the fuck like you know and they're like it's all good it's all good here you want some food fucking eat some shit drink some shit we had a great time it's awesome you know and <laughs> i'm just like what the fuck so apparently what happened was the first few days of the festival of not the festival, the the trade show went great. They had a bunch of interest. People were going up. They got cars. They got everything. Everyone was like, this is awesome, you know. And so they're just telling me all this shit. They're like, we're going to be rich. It's going to be awesome, you know, or not really going to be rich. But I mean, you know, Mr. Kawasaki is looking like a fucking idiot savant. Like he's looking like he's crazy like a fox. I'm like, okay, he's he he he's the truth. He's what I thought he was. He's fucking crazy like a fox. It seems like it's fucking gonna be a shit storm, but like it's happening. He's got this little goofy little smile, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm doing it. I'm fucking man. You don't see the shit. I'm like Elon Musk, you know, like my rain man. You don't know the shit that's going on in my head. You know, and like, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, maybe I'll, I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe. And uh, I just remember being in there and, you know, eating and drinking. And I'm kind of still in shock. I don't know what, you know, a lot has happened over the past few days for me. And I just remember watching Stefan Mulberry, um, you know, cause he was playing for, for, for the Beijing ducks maybe, or some shit like that. But him winning his first championship over there was on the screen. I was just like, that's fucking Stefan Mulberry. Like I'm fucking y'all trying to get me all drunk. There's a bunch of food here. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> You know, everyone's telling me it's all good, but I don't believe them. So, so I, you know, I get into a really nice, I think we stayed in the Hilton or something like that. Cause you know, it, it, it's China. It's a develop, it's fucking developing. So like there was a new fucking Hilton there. Like, you know, I don't know what city you were in. Um, I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, but whatever. Like, um, and so, um, I think it was Kosan or something like that. Um, in so, uh, the Japanese name was like Kosan. Let me see if it. San. Uh, no, no. I, I again, sorry, my bad. I, I just can't remember the name of the city. I'm trying to, I'm trying to block it out of my memory. But 
<laughs> but um so so yeah so so i go to sleep and then the next morning you know they're like okay i'm fucking nervous as fuck at this point because i'm like i don't know what the fuck is going on and you know so i'm wearing this like i get this like i'm dressed up i get my light lime green jacket on we get on this bus and i can see like all half of the people just kind of laughing at us because we're wearing these fucking jackets we got these two you know university student girls and we were there and we set up our booth and basically so what happened was a, a bunch of people came in the first couple of days they got a bunch of cards they got a bunch of interest and the third day it really wasn't you know as many people as the first couple of days because this was the first time this trade show was being put on and i learned later that you should never do a trade show the first year <laughs> <laughs> basically is what what the established like thought is because you just don't know the turnout or what it whatever but so the third day my job was to simply pass out tissues um the hand tissues from japan that's a way of advertising in japan with the product name on it and i was just taking pictures with people like people were just like oh it's michael jordan it's michael jordan you know and i don't look nothing like michael jordan but you know i'm black i'm bald like you know, it was like, oh, Michael Jordan, and, you know, or, like, some other soccer player, they just thought it was, like, a professional soccer player, or some shit like that, and so, people were just running up to me, just like, hey, come take a picture with me, and I'm just like, smile, okay, you know, smiling, and just, like, snapping photos with random-ass Chinese people, like, all day, it was pretty much my job, like, I didn't talk about the product, I didn't do anything, it was just like, just fucking hand out tissue like it was literally be like hey hey hey, give me a tissue come and take a picture with me and it's like okay you know so that was that you know and the third day wasn't as you know it wasn't as busy as the first day at the end I, I kind of figured something was up at the end like bootleggers were sneaking in like the last like hour bootleggers were sneaking in and like selling their products and then getting kicked out it was kind of crazy you know you know china's like the wild west with, with shit like that so um so what ended up happening with something interesting was um because i had come i think a day or two later i flew out a day later than um the other two guys and so so like we went i forgot i forgot how the fuck we got back to shanghai um, but somehow we got back to Shanghai and all, all three guys, the, um, yeah. Cause the Chinese guy flew with, flew with them also too. So, um, so all, yeah, all three of them could, you know, yeah. The Chinese guy, he was Chinese. The two Japanese guys didn't need visas. And I was the fucking dumbass American guy who didn't realize he needed a visa. So, um, those three guys flew out and then the two Chinese girls and me stayed back in Shanghai, like, because they lived in Shanghai or some, something like that. And, you know, basically they were like, it's cool. We'll show him around and make sure he gets on his uh, plane tomorrow. And so I basically just had a free day to go sightseeing in Shanghai with these two, you know, cute fucking tour guide uh, Chinese girls who were really friendly, really cool. And the funny thing about it is, though, you know, they couldn't speak English. So, like our common language was Japanese actually. So we were in the middle of Shanghai. I'm a black dude, these two small, tiny Chinese girls, and we're just talking Japanese to each other all day. And so people were just like, what the, 
looking around like they hear us talking like what the fuck <laughs> it was just like a really weird kind of dynamic um so mm, i went to a, a lot of the major you know i couldn't tell you the names of these places but i remember i have images of them the major sightseeing places in in uh shang all over shanghai and, and you know ate some food, great food and saw some parks and stuff and you know bay and all bay and all this other good shit you know it was, it was a really really great day actually you know and so that made me feel optimistic they were optimistic about the future they were like yay this product is gonna make a lot of money and we're gonna you know have a bright future and we're gonna be able to come visit japan and yay you know i feel, also feel bad for them because apparently that that of course didn't work out um so when the evening time came like they were like uh of course i think i you know i i paid Either I forget. Either Mr. Kawasaki gave us a, uh, a budget, or I paid. I forgot. Maybe I think Mr. Kawasaki gave a budget. I think so. Mr. Kawasaki gave some money. He was like, "Hey, show him a good time." I mean, not like show him a good time like that, but like you know, show him a good time or show him around the city. And so we had money and so left over, and so we went to eat. Dinner. I think I paid for dinner that night. Yeah, I was like, "Thank you guys for showing me around. I'll pay for dinner." Um, and so I was like, they were telling me like about, I think it was Szechuan or I forgot what, I I can't remember, but basically it's really, really, really spicy Chinese food, like, you know, kind of nabe, like a hot pot. And they were like, it's fucking hot, you know? And they were telling me about this hot, spicy shit. I'm like, my parents are from the Caribbean. I eat spicy food all the fucking time. Let's go for it. Let's try it. And so (laughs) they thought I was fucking crazy because like, and they were like, also, there's this really, really strong alcohol that's like, you know, 80% alcohol or something like that. People drink there. And so I was like, great, I'll try it. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there eating like the hottest fucking, you know, hot pot. And it's, it's my mouth is just numb. And I'm drinking like the strongest alcohol. And I'm like, oh, you guys eat this shit all the time? And they're like, no, we don't eat this shit. <laughs> I'm just like, really? <laughs> So I'm, y'all just having me you're like, yeah, you eat that. Like, <laughs> we're not eating that. Like, y'all drink this shit? Like, no, I don't drink this shit. This shit is way too strong. And so I'm just like looking like a crazy person, you know. <laughs> but it was, it was it was a good meal. We had a good meal. And um, towards the evening time, I, I saw a nightclub, you know. Um, we were walking back. They were walking me back to the hotel. And I, I heard the, I was like. I stopped. I was like, there's a nightclub over there. And I was like, looked at them for a second. Cause you know, I'm kind of drunk at this point. And so, you know, drunk Akil starts taking over party guy starts coming out. And I saw them kind of being like, uh, they weren't kind of nightclub kind of girls. And so I was like, ah, I'm on a business trip. Never mind. I'm I'm the only guy I want a business. Trip. If there was another guy with me, I might've been like, come on, let's go. But you know, it was just me trying to drag these two young girls into a fucking nightclub somewhere like in Shanghai. I was just like, ah, never mind. So I was just like, I just went back to my room with the leftover alcohol. They gave me the bottle and, you know, had terrible hangover the next day and, um, uh, passed out and woke up the next day, hopped on a plane back to Japan uh, thinking, you know, with hope for the future that, um, you know, um, this business was about to take off and my life, I was going to be, the, you know, cause this guy, Mr. Kawasaki's goal was, you know, excuse me, excuse me. The Chinese guy would be the, you know, Chinese 
rep and, and deal with all the distribution in China. I would handle all the English speaking countries. You know, China's market is so huge. That would be more than enough money for him. You know, all the English speaking countries, that's more than enough money for me and for everyone else. And then we would just be making money. <sighs> <laughs> Of course, you know, that didn't really work out. So I'm going to stop here on the story. That, that was a trip to China, which led to Cambodia. Now, what I will say, um, you know, because I want to leave this episode off with, with with some advice. You know, if you come to Japan, I'm sure this is true in, in everywhere in life and in, in every, you know, every country or whatever, every career path. But, you know, you, you got to kind of really know yourself, you know, and don't make decisions out of emotion and out of desperation and you know this endeavor was definitely made out of emotion it was made out of desperation and in hindsight there were several red flags and several warning signs that I didn't heed and um in in the end it worked out great because again it was necessary step to put me on my path but especially when you're coming to Japan or things like that you know I'll just deal with Japan only you know um you got sometimes not again, Mr. Kawasaki, he was not like a shady guy. He was not, you know, a bad guy. He's just a fucking idiot, you know, and <laughs> I'm sorry, he was just a fucking idiot. And so, um, you gotta kind of, you know, understand who you're dealing with here. And that's why, you know, understanding the language and well, one, I wouldn't have got that opportunity if I didn't have the language skill, um, but of course, learning the language skill, but also understanding the, what knowing what you want to do really helps you a lot here. Of course, that experience helped me find what I wanted to do in my life, but I wouldn't have had to go through that if I knew what I wanted to do. And there were uh, another situation that happened a little bit later where another person from Group B, that big group, um, had another business opportunity in India. And he asked me if I could help him out with that. And I was like nah dude that's not gonna happen you know um selling solar panels or some shit like that and i was just like or some some solar it wasn't even that it was like a solar panel cleaner or something like that like something that could clean something some service some shit and i was just like you know he was going over there and he wanted me to help him out of course it was a new business so he couldn't pay me but definitely you know it, I'm just telling you this. It seems like it's not like a line. He's not a scam artist either. But if you come to Japan and you hear that type of shit, just stay away from it. That's my 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 advice. You know, even if you're in a position where you might want to, um, you know, get out of what you're at, you might feel like you're being pigeonholed. You might feel like you're in a dead end situation. Don't make those type of decisions out of desperation. You know, um, and 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 start your own shit. Like that's what like as soon as you get to Japan, figure out what you want to do. Like, you know, figure I mean, we're now we're in the corona situation, so people aren't really coming here. But this will be online after that. So hopefully, you know, we're in 2020 now, 2022, 2025, when everything gets kind of back to normal, you know, and people start coming in and moving into Japan again. Figure out what you want to do from day one. It could be an ass backwards as planned. That's a starting point where you start is not where you're going to end up you know, 99% of the time anyway. So, you know, but just start something and go down that path, you know, and, and, and use your time here and you will end up in a positive place. And, you know, and 
But if you are just kind of in the wind, hoping someone's going to hook you up, you'll end up like, you know, you know, in a fucking crazy ass situation where you're, you know, end up in Shanghai taking pictures, you know, with people who are telling you you're fucking Michael Jordan, like, you know, for some crazy ass Japanese oil additive, like, come on, like, it's it's a funny story, but like, <laughs> I'm not trying to repeat that situation again. So, so that, that's my advice for um, this I, I won't call it part two one. Uh, it is kind of two parts, but I'll just label this one episode thirty one. Trip to China. Next time is gonna be part two of this story where I tell you about oh Cambodia, ah Cambodia, and what you know what happened there and how the story concludes. So all right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this part I, I i'm surprised i'm telling so fucking story i'm surprised i kept this story from you guys this long um but you know um yeah it's it's, it's fucking crazy this is my life here so <laughs> so all right y'all i'll holler at you next time peace